millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A North Belfast man has been found not guilty of the double sectarian murder of two Catholic workmen nearly 30 years ago. James Stuart Smith was cleared of killing Eamon Fox and Gary Convey. 58-year-old Smith of Fourth River Link in Belfast was also acquitted of one count of attempted murder, possession of a firearm and membership of the UVF. Mr Convey and Mr Fox were sitting in a parked car at a building site when they were shot dead by a UVF gunman beside North Queen Street in May 1994, simply because they were Catholics. Joining me is our security correspondent, Alison Morris. Alison, this was a non-jury trial, so this decision was taken by the judge. It was Mr Justice O'Hara, who is one of, I would say, one of Northern Ireland's most impressive um, and diligent judges. So he really did sum up this evidence, but it shows the problems that we have in relation to not just these type of legacy trials, but the, the completely now discredited supergrass system. So Gary Haggerty, I had reported at the time and I sat through every day of his, his evidence and it was widely known that it was going to be the last ever so-called supergrass trial, assistant offenders trial, whatever it is you want to call it, um, that would ever take place in Northern Ireland in relation to our past. You know, we have a history of those type of trials here. The trials that took place in the 80s all ended in people winning appeals against them and being released and having convictions quashed apart from those who admitted their guilt in court. And then the system wasn't used for a very, very long time. And then we had what was called the Serious Organised Crime and Police Act. And that was intended for use in sort of big high profile financial crimes in England. It was never intended to be used for the purpose that was used here. But instead, it was then adopted and somebody somewhere decided, well, we could use this in terms of legacy killings and use this to create an assistant offender system a more robust supergrass system, we were told at the time. Turns out it wasn't very robust at all. So this started with the Stewart brothers, Ian and Robert Stewart, who were two UVF brothers who gave evidence against their UVF former associates in relation to the murder of um, Tommy English, who was a UDA man. This occurred during a feud. That all ended in um, no convictions because they were completely dishonest. Then we had the case of Neil Hyde, who turned um, state offender against his former associates in the LVF in relation to the murder of Martin O'Hagan, the Sunday word journalist. That didn't even reach court because the then public director of public prosecutions, Bar McGrory, said there will be no more supergrass trials without corroborating evidence. That didn't mean for the Fox and Convey family they still held out hope because there was corroborating evidence in this case, albeit that's what Justice O'Hara said today couldn't be relied on. 
the corroborating evidence was there was DNA that was on a coat. This was a coat that Haggerty has said they have told his handlers where it had been hidden. They didn't go and get it for some time later. And also um, eyewitness testimony. But that turned out to be not so much corroborating as introducing doubt to Haggerty's evidence. Now, what I will say is Gary Haggerty was a much more impressive witness than we've seen with people like the Stuart brothers who were just completely discredited from day one. He was a lot calmer. He was a lot more measured. He did lose his temper on a few occasions. I think he got slightly agitated when he was asked. In one case, he was asked, was he a serial killer? Bear in mind, this man admitted five murders, involvement in five murders, and dozens of other crimes related to his time in the Mount Vernon UVF. A branch of the UVF that was just riddled with informers, special branch informers. Mark Haddock, who was one of the leaders of the Mount Vernon UVF, special branch informer. Gary Haggerty was a special branch informer. And so for the Fox and Conway family, I think that they really did hold out hope that they would get justice. This is 30 years ago this happened. It was 1994. It doesn't seem that long ago. This isn't what I suppose you'd call an historic killing. It's not dating back to the 70s. It is in the 90s. They did hope that they would get some sort of justice. And the, the, the details that come out were just terrible. You know, we're told the gunman had a stance on machine gun, which he waved in the air and shouted up the UVF after this took place. There was, you know, other cases where there was a bizarre situation. We're told about how the the, the team that were organising this murder, they met up that day in the house of a very strange fella who they were using his house as a safe house. And when they arrived, there was, you know, bullet hole marks drawn on walls and you know, it was like a crime scene. He'd drawn like the outline of dead bodies on his floor. A very bizarre situation. And then we were also told that these workmen were targeted just for no other reason than someone gave information saying there were Catholics working in what would have been a pretty Protestant area of North Belfast. There was, I believe, other Catholic workmen working on that site. But because they were Catholics and they were sort of being shunned almost by the other people who worked there, they sat and ate their lunch in their car. They didn't eat their lunch with the other other workmen who were working on the site. And it was this information that was then fed back to the UVF who targeted them. It's clear, Alison, looking at what Mr Justice O'Hara said, to put it primitively in a non-legal sense, he just he just didn't believe Haggerty. He said he was an unreliable witness. He was a deeply flawed individual and he had shown he was prepared to lie. So, Yeah, he was incredibly, incredibly flawed. I mean, when I say flawed, flawed seems like an understatement. Haggerty was given a, a drastically reduced prison sentence for admitting over 500 terror-related crimes. There was something like 30,000 pages of evidence in this case. They included five murders that he was either directly or indirectly involved in um, and only four months into a six and a half year jail term for providing information so his sentence was already reduced. He was then released out of that um, and he's been in witness protection ever since. The, the problem with assistant offenders, and I mean, I think I've been over this with you before and we've talked about supergrasses, but the issue with assistant offenders is they do tend to minimise their role in crime and then increase other people's, especially someone who they dislike. Now, in the first, you know, day or two of, because it was, I think it was three days, he was given evidence. He was very honest in terms of when he was asked questions, you know, you're, you know, a terrorist killer, aren't you? And he was like, yeah, well, yes, I am. That's what happened. And therefore, I was thinking, well, had he been, was he, he was a better witness than the Stuart brothers who tried to deny that, you know, they were trying to say they were just bit players in this. But he is a killer and he was a, you know, a senior member of one of the most murderous sectarian branches of the UVF. I mean, these people weren't targeting IRA members or, you know, people they perceived to be enemies in some sort of just war. They were literally just killing any Catholic they could get their hands on. And the... The, the issue with that is then 
because one of them decides that he's going to become an assistant offender because he's looking probably a quite lengthy prison sentence because one of these murders took place after 1998. So... Had he been convicted of everything that he was accused of prior to 98, well, as you know, under the Good Friday Agreement, he could only ever serve two years. But as he was convicted of directing terrorism or a murder that occurred after 1998, well, you're looking at a life sentence and probably the majority of your life spent, the rest of your life spent in prison. So there was a motivation to become an, an assistant offender in his case. And the fact is that this has been going on for so, 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 so long. These things take ridiculous amounts of time. Our justice system is a shambles the length of time it takes for these things to come to court. And I know they're complicated cases, but that's no excuse. And in the meantime, you have, you know, two families who are just holding out hope out of, you know, that they'll receive justice for their loved ones. Justice that was just never coming. Justice O'Hara's ruling in the circumstances is very difficult for those families to accept. But when you look at the evidence, you can understand how he reached it. Justice O'Hara said it could not be proven beyond reasonable doubt that Smith was the gunman in this instance and that was what he was being accused of. I mean, as we know, uh, beyond reasonable doubt, it's the standard of evidence needed to convict someone of a, of a crime. Uh, what else did Mr Justice O'Hara say? Well, what he said was that um, James Smith, who's also known as Jimmy Shades, he said there was bad character evidence introduced in this case because he's a previous murder conviction. He murdered a man in Balamina and attempted to murder his wife at the same time. He said he said Smith was happy to murder Catholics for being Catholics. Catholics for being, that's it. He says he, he was not leaving the court, you know, without a stain on his character. He is still a sectarian killer. He just couldn't be linked beyond reasonable doubt to these killings. And remember the burden of proof, whether you have a jury or a judge sitting on his own in a criminal conviction, it has to be beyond reasonable doubt. And the defence was able to introduce doubt in the corroborating evidence. There was no point really in challenging Haggerty's evidence. Haggerty's evidence was what Haggerty's evidence is. You know, that's what you know. You've got someone who was heavily involved in the UVF giving evidence against his former associates. You either believe him or you don't. The real test was could they link the corroborating evidence to um, Smith? And they did a, you know, a job of linking it to him, but all the defence had to do was introduce doubt into that evidence. And I think probably the most damning one was the eyewitness statement saying that he was, you know, one of them said he was five foot ten, another one said he was a tall man. And Smith, you know, appeared in court every day and he is a very short man. He is not, you could never describe him as tall. He's five foot, four inches tall. Um, this is the end of a, of, of a long, very hard journey for the Convey and Smith family. I mean, they would have been hoping for a conviction in this case. As we have said, Jim Stewart Smith walks out of the court not guilty of this double sectarian murder. What did the families have to say? Well, the families were said they were really, really disappointed. I mean, the, the fact is that, you know, the Fox family have really been, you know, pushing and campaigning for some kind of justice for their, their father. They said it was a heartbreaking, it was a sad day for us, said Eamon Fox's son, Cairn. We thought we had a strong case coming in with DNA evidence and all the rest, but it just goes to show the threshold to try and get a conviction in these courts over here. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's unreal. And that really is, you know, it sums up, I suppose, the sadness of these legacy cases when people their hope is built up. But what I thought was also interesting was um, Padraig O'Murray, who is the solicitor for both the Fox and the Convey families, said that the case demonstrated, you know, real serious deficiencies in the criminal justice system. And it does. He he had said that um, 
the case highlights deficiencies in the criminal justice system in dealing with matters with like, like this when you're relying on an assistant offender, a convicted criminal in a notorious UVF unit that is always going to be highly problematic in a criminal trial. And what he also added, which I think is really timely this week when we think about that High Court ruling in terms of the legacy legislation, we've also got some decisions in the Canova case. Again, there's going to be no prosecutions in the Operation Canova case. He said there needs to be another process for these issues, which are of huge public concern, are publicly ventilated in a proper form. And I do think that, you know, an experienced solicitor who deals with legacy, such as Patrick O'Murray, saying that people should take notice that we do need to do better for families. We need a better system than years and years and years of waiting on a trial coming to court only for at the end in this way. There has to be a better way for these people, for these injustices to be heard and to be dealt with and families to get some kind of truth, reconciliation and justice at the end of it, albeit if it doesn't end up with someone going to prison, it could at least end up with the actual truth about what happened to their loved ones. And the fact that this unit was so informer ridden and yet these people died, that must be something that, you know, if it was your loved one, it would keep you awake at night thinking, could they have been saved? Could this have been stopped? What information was known beforehand and afterwards? Speaking outside the court, Eamon Fox's son, Kieran was asked if the family's last chance of getting justice has passed. And he said, as far as the criminal side goes, yes, I think. But of course, James Smith was cleared of this double sectarian murder because the evidence was not there to convict him Beyond can can we also date. point out that on the first day of Haggerty's evidence that Jim Smith showed up with an entourage who sat in the court with masks on. Um, this obviously caused outrage and actually caused comments from the Lady Chief Justice. But, you know, I sat in the court that day looking into the public gallery and on one side of it were the grieving families of two men who were murdered for no other reason than they were Catholic, hardworking men out trying to earn a crust for their families. And on the other side of the court were a bunch of men with scarves pulled up around their faces, dark sunglasses on, hats pulled down. Um, and it was incredibly intimidating. It should never have been allowed. It was a stop was put to it by lunchtime that day. But there was an, you know, there was a heavy police presence since then, and there was a very heavy police presence today, ensuring that there wasn't a repeat of that. Mr. Smith did show up with his entourage in tow again today. They had scarves and masks around their face entering the court and leaving the court, but they were asked to remove them as soon as they entered into the um, security part of Laganside Court as you enter into it. But yeah, it has been, you know. That was a fairly disgraceful, I think, you know, show of strength. You couldn't have called it anything else in terms of, and those families, I remember thinking that day when I was sitting there, the hard difficult it must be for them, intimidating it must have been for them as well. Alison Morris, security correspondent with the Belfast Telegraph. Thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.